progress. Okay, we are up to Daf Sadi Gimel Amid Aleph, the top of the page. The Gemara says, Amalei Rav the Rav Amari, the last back and forth between Rav and Rav Amari, Minoha Milsa Damri what is the source that people say? Basar Mari Nixi Tzivi Meshoich. If you follow uh, around the rich person, you'll get chunks of meat. Meaning, follow, follow around rich people, uh, you'll 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 become wealthy. At least you'll get money from them. Whatever, it's contagious. So Amar Lei Dechsev Vegam Leloit Halechas Avram Hayitzayin Abakarvayil. And the pasuk says Leloit also was wealthy. He wasn't wealthy on his own merit. He was wealthy because he was Shaiches to Avram Avinu. So you see that just having a Shaiches to someone who's wealthy, it, it rubs off. If a person makes a judgment against another person in Shemayim, meaning he says to Hashem, he says, Hashem, judge that person. The halacha is, The judgment goes back to you and you're punished for a So Pasuk says that Sari Menu had a taina on her level against Avram Avinu, that Avram Avinu didn't daven for to have kids. I'm uh, justice upon you, upon us. Meaning, he, she had a taina against him. What happened? It was one of the causes of her uh, premature death. The Gemara says, But this is only true. If you have the ability to go to court, and then you turn to Hashem, meaning, Reuben has a taina on Shimon, and instead of going to court, he says to Hashem, No, you should look at Shimon. That's not a good idea, because then Hashem says, Well, you think you're such a tzaddik, I'll look into you. But if you don't have the option to go to court and you have no other means, then you could have the turning to Hashem is fine. The pella over here is, is that the source that it's a problem is learned out from Sari Menu. Sari Menu, I'm not really sure what recourse. So the Mepharshan says she could have gone to the Bezdin, there was a Bezdin at the time, a Bezdin of Shem Ve'ever. Not 100% sure what the Bezdin would have done. She has a taina that her husband, she feels, didn't daven uh, uh, I'm not sure on his level, I'm not sure exactly what a Bezdin could have done. But okay. The Gemara continues, It's worse to be the one who is crying out. It's the worst to be the one who's the aggressor than the than the victim. Why? Because as we said, if you're the aggressor, it comes right back to you. So in a, in a, in a, in a practical level, it's, it's worse to be the tzayik than the nitzik. The Bryce similarly states, Hashem will take care of both the person who is aggress- uh, crying and the one who is being cried about. But the one who gets punished first is, uh, is the aggressor. The Gemara continues, Never uh, belittle a curse of even a simple person. Even if they're not a big uh, tzaddik or a big rasha, their curse can do something. Why? Avimelech, after releasing Sarah, sent her a curse. Now this curse is, V'niskayim Bazar, and Nataka came true with uh, Yitzchak. Now what was this curse? This curse was, The puzzle says that when Avimelech gave the gifts to Sarah and Avram, he said that this gift should be a covering of your eyes. Now on a simple level, what, what Avimelech was saying is that this cur- these, these gifts should cover up the stories, that nobody has a taina, nobody thinks that that I'm the father, nobody thinks of anything bad. They see that I gave you a gift, they see it's a misunderstanding. But the Gemara understands there was actually a curse. He says, cover up the eyes, I was referring to blindness. That he was saying that you, there should be blindness, and attacking this guy in by Yitzchak. Amar la, hoyo minera. And Avimelech said to Sarah, because you covered up the fact that you're married, you caused me distress, may it be the will that your children should be blind. When the sky bizarre and the came true with Yitzchak, the Yitzchak, as he got older, 
he became blinded. It's better to be the pursued than the pursuing. Meaning it's better to be the, the sort of the the one that's being trapped than the trapper. Why? The, the, the bird that's the most pursued is a dove. There's a, there's a certain beauty to being, you know, Maybe that's what's going on over here, is that the, the world is not uh, used to Klal Yisrael being the pursuers. But even us, we weren't, we're not only pursuing because we were attacked. That's the difference. So the Gemara says, okay, so the Mishnah said, let's get back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah said that if a person says to someone else, cut off my hand or break my leg, the halach is, and the guy does it, he's chayiv. I, you said to do it? We don't believe you. Let's say you said, cut off my hand, and I won't take you to court, he's still chayiv. But... Says the Mishnah, if a person says to someone, break my barrel and I won't take you to court, potter. So how come when he says, cut off my hand and I won't take you to court, we don't believe him. But he says, break my barrel and I won't take you to court, we believe him. What's the difference? So the Gemara says, What's the difference between the Rish and the Sefer? How come when it comes to cutting off the hand, even if he says, I, 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 I won't take you to court, still chayv. But if he says the same thing with the barrel, Potter, what's the difference? The Gemara says, Cutting off a limb, which is not going to grow back, the assumption is that you don't mean it. Even though you say, I'm not going to take you to court, you don't really mean it. Breaking a barrel, you could mean it. So it's just a matter of, do we believe you? So the Gemara says, wait a minute. So you're telling me that when it comes to cutting off the hand, because uh, no one would be Michael, no one would be Michael such a thing, we don't believe you. But as opposed to a barrel, some people don't care about barrels, and therefore we believe you. Here's the difference. But wait a minute, there's a brisa. The brisa says, What would the halacha be? What should the halacha be? The Mishnah said, if you say, cut off my hand, even if you say, on condition your potter, your chayv. But let's say a person didn't say cut off his hand, he said, slap me in the face. Not a, not a long-term bruise, hurt me. The halacha is, if you say, hurt me, and I won't take it to court, potter. Now, wait a minute, what's the difference? So you're going to say the reason why you're chayiv by a limb being cut off is because we don't believe the guy. Because no one, why, why would a person want to lose a limb? And a person wants to get punched in the face. So the Gemara says, there's a person, the same logic, people don't don't forgive pain either. So you shouldn't believe the guy. If a person says, hit me, and I won't take it to court, potter, potter. so what's the difference? You're going to tell me that the difference between physical assault and, and items is that we believe you by items, not by physical assault. But what about just pain? Shouldn't believe you either. And yet it's Potter. So the Gemara says, Ishtik, he was quiet. He says, Do you ever heard anything about this? Sheshes says, you know what the Pshat is? The reason why we don't believe you by losing a limb is not because we don't believe you. The reason why you're chayiv by cutting off someone's limb it's not because we don't believe you. It's because that affects the entire mishpacha. Having an amputee in the family causes uh, distress to the entire mishpacha. He doesn't have the right to be meichel that. That's why you're chayiv. As opposed to the second case, where he says, just hit me, that doesn't affect the whole family. That's why you're potter. So it's not a matter of belief or not. If it's belief, then what's the difference between pain and, and amputee? The answer is it's not belief. It's a matter of, does he have the right to be meichel? if it's affecting the whole family like an amputee, he does not have the right to be Michael. If it's just pain, it doesn't affect the whole family, he has the right to be Michael.
Itmar, Ravashia Omar, Mishim Pagamishbachim. He also said Mishim Mishamishbachim. Ravam Mishim Shain of the Michal Rashiv Armshaloi. Rav went with the first Pshat. Rav Yechon Omar, Yeshu Shkalab, Yeshu Kehain. So, um, Rav Yechonin says it depends how he said it. Meaning, this is very interesting. Rav Yechonin says it doesn't matter the words, it's the, it's the, it's the intonation, I guess, the voice. It, it, it's a matter of how he said it. Meaning, you go to someone and you say, "Hit me," and and then he say and he says, "Are you going to take me to court?" And you say, "No." Says Rav Yechonin, that's not necessarily enough. It depends how you say it, because you could say no, but you don't really mean it. Meaning, you could say someone hit me, and he, and he says, "You can take me to court," and you're like, "No." Then you believe him. But what if he says no? Meaning, of course I'm going to take you to court. Then you chayiv, even though he said no. The opposite girls are true. You could say yes and not mean it's meaning. You could say, hit me. And he's like, you can take me to court. He's like, yeah, come on. So that's meaning yes. He's saying yes as in exaggeratingly no. So Rav Yechonah says, it's not a matter of what you say, it's how you say it. The Gemara says, Tanya Amihachi, the Bryce similarly states, Hikeini Pitseini, if someone says, hit me, Amenas Lifter, and the other person says, are you going to take me to court? Amalehein. He says, yeah, but he says sarcastically, yeah, come on. Then, that's that's a no, even though he said yes, but that's a no. Kras Kasusi, if the person says, rip my begotten, I'm an ass lifter, the other says, you can take me to court, I'm like, lav, no, meaning, of course I'm going to take you to court. So he said no, but he meant yes. So Rav Yechon is saying, it's not a matter of what you say, it's how you say it. We said in the Mishnah, that if a person says, break my garments, or break my barrel, you're chayiv, but if you say, on condition you don't take me to court, you're potter. But if you just say, stam, break my barrel, you're chayiv. Or many, I have a contradiction. The Mishnah is describing giving an item for someone to watch. It says Lishmar. You give him to watch, but not if you give it to him to lose it. Meaning, if you give an item to someone, they say, you should, lo- you could lose it, you're not chayiv. Lishmar, if you give him to watch, but not to tear it. Meaning, if you give an item to someone, you say, you can tear it, potter. So right off the bat, that's the kasha. The kasha is, we said in the Mishnah, that if you tell someone to break your item, you're chayiv, unless you specifically stipulate you're not going to take him to court. But the standard case is chayiv. Over here it says lishmar, v'loy lekroya. That if you tell someone, I want you to rip it, you're potter. So without having to say, I'll menas lifter stam. So our Mishnah says that if you standard, just say to him, rip it, you're chayiv. Over here it says, rip it as potter. And the last one is lishmar, v'loy lechayiv you're only chayiv if you're told to guard it, but not if you tell him to distribute it to the poor. If you tell him to distribute, if you give someone an item, you say, give it out to the poor, and then he's peshe, you can't say, you're chayiv. You told me to distribute it. What's the difference? You clearly don't want it. So here's the kasha. We have a contradiction. Our Mishnah says that if you tell someone, here's the item, here's an item, um, I want you to break it, you're chayiv, unless you say, I'm a nas lifter, but standard you're chayiv. This price says you're potter. So what's the difference? The Gemara says, You know, Ravuna says, it depends. Were you given the item before you were told to rip it? Meaning, if you give an item for someone to watch on a Monday, and then the day later you call him up and you say, hey, rip it, chayiv. Why? Because you gave it to him as a shimer. He accepted shmira. The case where your potter is where you give it to him before you give it to him, you say, I'm giving it to you to, to rip. So before you even give it to him, your potter. That's the difference. The difference is, did it reach his hand before the command to rip it up? Amr Rabba, Rabba says, Lishmar to Here's the problem. You're telling me the case where your potter is where it's, you told him before it got his hand, but that's not the mashmos. The mashmos is your potter in all scenarios, even when it reaches your hand. 
and then you tell him to rip it. So how could you say that that distinction is correct? You know what? The truth is, both cases are talking about where it already reached his hand, and then you told him to rip it. You know what the difference is? The first answer was, did you tell it to rip it? The first answer is, did you tell him to rip it before he got before it got to his hands? Meaning, if you told him to rip it before it got to his hands, then you're potter. If it got to his hands, then you told him to rip it, you chayv. Gemara didn't like that, and then Gemara said, fine. You know what the answer is? It, it, both cases could be that both cases you gave it to him and then you told him to rip it. But here, here's the difference. When you handed him, what did you tell him you're doing? If you handed him and said, I want you to watch it as a shimer, he accepts it as a shimer. And then a day later, you say, I want you to rip it. He's chayef, because he already accepted shmira. But if you hand it to him and say, Listen, I don't want you to be a shimer, I hand it to you. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you to rip it later on. Then you're potter, because you never accepted shmira upon yourself. The Gemara continues. We said before, that if you give an item to a shomer on condition for him to give out to Aniyim, you're potter. So the Gemara says, There was a certain purse of money that they that arrived in the city of Pumpadisa. Rav Yosef gave it to a certain person to distribute to poor people. That person was Peshaya, and it was stolen. So Chayv Rav Yosef, Chayv. I told you to distribute it, you were Peshaya, you're Chayv. Wait a minute. But doesn't the Brisa say lishmar Doesn't the Brisa say that if you give it out, if you tell him to distribute it to Aniyim, even if he's Peshe, your potter? So how in this case, why is he chayev? Because he was Peshe, I thought you told him to distribute it. Meaning, if I give you a hundred dollars and say give it to Aniyim, and you're Peshe, your potter. But over here he's chayev. What's the difference? So the Gemara says, Amalei, the Lishmarhu. The difference is if I have a hundred dollars and I just say give it out to Aniyim, then that's my way of saying, listen, I don't really, you know, I'm not that particular what happens to it. It's not like I want it anyway. And if you push it, no, I'm not going to have a taina. Why in that case was he chayv? Because in that case, the people of Pumpadisa had a specific amount that they would get every day, every week. The $100 was not just to distribute to Aniyim. There were 10 Aniyim and they get $10 every week. Therefore, when you give him $100, it's not to distribute to Aniyim in, that, in the classic sense where it's just like whatever happens, happens. Over here, there are 10 Aniyim and they're supposed to get it and they... It's as if it's already theirs, and he is just sort of like the 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 baal to distribute it. That's why it's chayev, because normally when you tell him to give it out to aniyim, you don't know what's going to be. You don't know how many aniyim. You don't know how many he's going to distribute. You don't really care. Over here, the pumpadisa, the aniyim pumpadisa, had a specific amount that they would get every single week, and therefore, if you don't give it to him, it's not going to be a problem. The Gemara says, Let's go to the next page. The new parak. The Mishnah is dealing with a premise. If you steal an item and then you make a shinoi, it becomes yours to the extent to the extent that you don't return the item as is now. You give the value of the item at the time of the theft. So the Mishnah says, Hagaizel eitzim, if you steal a piece of wood, vasu kalim, and you turn it into a vessel, so you steal wood and you turn it into a chair. The halacha is that by you turning it into a chair, you acquired it. And therefore, any change in the value is for you. And you just give the value at the time that it was wood. Or tzemer vasim begadim, if you steal pieces of wool and turn it into a garment, mishalim kishas hagzela. You pay the value at it was at the time of the gzela, 
you don't have to give the value that it is now. So let's say you take wood that's worth $10, but by you turning it into a chair, it's worth $100. You don't have to return $100. You return $10 because you were coining it by turning it into a baguette. The Gemara continues. The Mishnah continues. Gazal param uberes violda. If you steal a pregnant cow and it gives birth, by giving birth, there's a shinui. Or rachel tun of a gazah. If you, if you steal a sheep that has a lot of wool and then you cut off the wool. So, by you doing that, you acquired it. Therefore, Mishalim me paro imedis leilu. Mishalim me paro imedis leilu. One second. Recording stopped. So the Gemara says like this. Recording in so progress. Let's say, let's say you steal a sheep. Let's say you steal a sheep. What you do is you just pay the value of a cow that's pregnant. So that let's say like this. Let's say a cow is worth $100. A pregnant cow is worth $130. And a small baby cow is worth 50 bucks. So you stole it when it was pregnant. So it was worth 130 But now it gave birth. So now you have a $100 cow and a $50 baby. You don't have to pay $150. You pay $130. So Shaila and the Rishonim, do you pay 130 Do you return the cow and then pay $30? It's a machlegas. But you do not have to pay for the value that is now. You pay for the value that it was at the time of the theft. Similarly, gozel para v'nesabra etzel Let's say you, you steal a, a non-pregnant cow. Then while it's under your captivity, it becomes pregnant and gives birth. You don't have to pay for that. You pay for the time of the theft. Or rochel v'nitana etzel Let's say you steal a sheep. Without wool. It grows wool, then you cut it. The halacha is, you pay the value of the time it was of the robbery. This is the rule. You pay the time of the robbery. Now here's the Gemara's kasha. The process of taking wood is you take wood, then you have to do what's called shifan. Um, shifan means to like scrape off the top layer. Then you turn it into a vessel. Then you could turn it into like a chair. The Mishnah said that when you acquire it is when you take wood and turn it into a vessel. Here's the question. Why do you need that? Don't you acquire it before that process just by scraping off just by scraping off the it's called planing. Just by planing off the top, doesn't that make it already yours? Why do you have to say that it's yours because you made a clee? Forget about that. Just you should be acquire it when you planed it, even before making a clee. And when it comes to the wool, it says if you take wool and you make it into a baggage, make it into a garment. Forget about that. Forget about the garment. It should be chayiv just by cleaning the wool. The halacha is, there's a concept called liban. You take wool, it's dirty, and you comb it, and you wash it, and you soak it, and you dye it. Not dye it, meaning you bleach it. That's called liban. Even before you make it into a garment, you should be chayiv for that. So the Gemara says, Amri, eitz and basen kelim. The implication of the Mishnah is that you're only considered yours. By a shinoi, when it turned into a vessel in, sheaf and loy, but by planing the wood, it does not become yours. Or Tzemer Vasem The next case was, you take wool and you make it into a beggar. That's when it's yours. Libna and Loi, the implication is that by whitening it, it's not yours. Or many have a contradiction. Gezel Vatsen Shifin, Avon Vesititin, Tzemer Vesititin, and Pishin Viniko, Mishal Meshach This Brisa clearly states that by planing wood, or by whitening wool, it's yours. So why do you have to say that it's yours because of the beggar, or because of the Kalim? It's yours before that. So the Gemara says, you know what the truth is? Avada, it's yours. If you did planing. And Avada, it's yours if you did whitening. That's a Deiraisa Dika yours. That's a Kenyan Deiraisa. Because 
that's an irreversible change. You see, when you take wood and you plane the top and you, you scrape off the top, that is an irreversible change. Of course you're kind of it. The Mishnah is telling you a bigger Kiddush. What if you take wood that was already planed? It was already processed. And you just hammer it in the... Pro- you make it, you shape it into a chair. The Kiddush is... And that could be reversed. The Kiddush is that's also yours. Meaning, don't deduce that it's only yours when you make a Kli. But if you just plane the top of the wood, it wouldn't be yours. No, Avada, if you plane the top of words, it's yours. That's a Deiraisa Dekakinian. Because that's irreversible. The Kiddush of the Mishnah is if you had wood that was already planed, and you turned it into a chair, but it's reversible. It's still yours rabbinically. That's the chiddush. The chiddush of our mishnah is that if it's a re- it's if it's reversible, it's still rabbinically yours. But if you plane the wood or whiten the wool, that is a deraisadika change. So what's the chiddush of the mishnah? The case of the mishnah is where it's reversible. How so? Meaning you stole wood that was already planed. Umay nenu nesarim. You already you you bought you stole processed finished boards of wood, and all you did is you assembled it. The shino hadal and it's a reversible change because you could undo it. Diboy mashal fulhu because you could pull the boards apart, and the chiddush is that even though it's reversible, it's still a kinyan derabana. Semer vasin gadim. So to with semer, the case is avade. If you whiten the wool, then it's of course. It's an irreversible change. Of course, that's a Kenyan. But the case is, you stole Tzemer Tavoy, processed wool. And all you did is, you turned it into a garment, which is undoable. It's it's reversible. You could undo it. You could just pull it apart. The and the Brisa, which listed whitening the wool, or the Brisa that talked about planing the wood, that was Shina Deraisa Katana Shidavan It was looking for Deraisa Dika changes. In the mission, the Brice agree. The mission is talking about Derabonan Dika changes where it's already processed and it's reversible. The Brice is telling you that if it's if you process it, which is an irreversible change, that's a Deraisa Dika Kinya. But they agree with each other. Ravashi says, no. Tana Didon Nami Shina Deraisa Katani. Really, I could tell you that it's if, if it's a reversible change, it's actually not a Kinyan at all. Derabonan. So I you have a problem. Our Mishnah said a Kenyan is by making it into a Kli. The question is, why do you have to do, wait? Why, why are you looking for making it into a Kli? Why don't you just say the cases where you planed it before making it into a Kli? You know what the answer is? They're both the same. You planed it and then turned into a Kli by cl- planing it. Planing is mean to scrape off the top. The truth is, though, if you scrape it in a certain shape, it's talking about a pestle, where you scraped it in such a way that it's now a vessel. They're both talking about the same thing. They're both talking about where you made an irreversible change. He said, he said, uh, 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 planing. The other uh, Mishnah said making it to a Kli. The answer is they're both the same. You can ask a Kasha if you're talking about planing, why do you need a Kli? It's a good Kasha. And in the case of the wool making to a garment, the question is, what do you need that for? You should be high just for whitening it. Nimti, we're talking about the uh, We're talking about taking the, the garment, turning into felt. Uh, by pressing raw wool material, so it's not actually a garment, but that that itself is part of the that, that itself is an irreversible change, and that's why it's chayiv. Okay, so we said before that whitening uh, the garment is a kinyan. It's a shinoi and it's a kinyan. The libu mehavishin is that true or mini? I have a, cash, a contradiction. This is talking about reishis hagez. Reishis hagez means that you have to give the first of the shearing of the wool to the koyin. Now, the Torah does not specifically say an amount. Um, it just says you have to give. The Chazal gave that it was a 60th of a, 
uh, 60th of the animal of the animals uh you know the amount that the animal uh, uh, uh produces but the mission says like this let's say you separated it you're supposed to give it to the kayan but you didn't you're ganav yeah the question is at what point do we say you don't have to actually give the garment back to the kayan here's what you did if you dyed it meaning you dyed it blue Potter, you don't have to give it anymore because you were kind of with the dying. But live new, but if you just whitened it, the light we didn't die at high if you have to give it because it's not yours yet. See, here's the contradiction. You told me that whitening it is a form of a Kenyan, is a form of a Shina and a Kenyan. Over here, it's not a Kenyan. So, what's going on over here? Is whitening it a Kenyan or not? So, the answer is, I'm Rabbi Eloi Kasha, Harav Shimon, Harabana. The answer is, it's a Machlaikas. The Machlaikas of Shimon and the Rabbana. Rav Shimon considers whitening a Shinoi and a Kenyan. The Rabbana do not. The Tanya, the Brisa says like this. Now this is talking about, um, um, apparently Chazal say that you're only chayiv to give reishis hagez if you shear five sheep. Now here's the deal. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to shear all five, put them together, and then separate a little bit like chali. So put it together, separate a little to the kite. But here's the deal. You you sheared each one separately. Gaza's says, Argai. You sheared the wool of the first sheep, spun it, and wove it. The halacha is ain mitztarif. The halacha is, then it's not mitztarif to the second, to the third, and to the fourth, and to the fifth. Recording stopped. So the Gemara's contradiction is, the Gemara had a contradiction about whether whitening is considered a shina. So the Gemara says, like Asha Harab Shimon Harabaraditanya, Gazza Zaitaviva Arge. Again, like I said, you only chai Rashis is if you shear five sheep. Let's say you sheared one, spun it, and wove it together. A mitzdarif. That's considered a shino. You processed it. That's considered a shino. Therefore, it's not mitzdarif to the other ones. Livno, but let's say you only whiten the first one. Rav Shimon Oimer, a mitzdarif. Rav Shimon says he still does not combine, meaning whitening is a shino, and therefore you are mishana the first one, and that separates it from being mitzdarif with the other four. So you see that Rav Shimon holds that whitening is a shino. If Chacham disagree, they say no, mitzdarif, it combines. So the machloikis, Rav Shimon and the Rabbonon, is whether whitening is considered a shino or not. Rava Omar, Rava has a different answer. Havahar of Shimon, both the Bryces can be Rav Shimon. But like Kasha, I, so one Bryce says that whitening is a shino, one Bryce says whitening is not a shino. The answer is, it depends how how uh, how good of a whitening job. Hadin nefatsi nefutsi, whitening just means to clean it. You could whiten it by combing it, you could whiten it by dyeing it, by, 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 by bleaching it. If you just disentangle the wool by hand and remove the large dirt particles, particles, that's not really whitening it, and therefore it's not considered shinoi. But if you comb it, that's considered a real a real change, and that's considered a shinoi. He has a different shot. Washing the wool, getting rid of the dirt, that is not a significant change. Over here, when it is considered a shinoi, that's when you bleach it. Okay. So here's the kasha. We said before that Rib Shimon holds that whitening is considered a shinoi. Here's the problem. We have a brisa that implies that according to Rib Shimon, dyeing the wool is, is not a shinoi. So how could dyeing the wool not be a shinoi, but whitening is? Whitening is less of a significant change than dyeing. As we're going to she shortly, dyeing the wool is not considered a change. He holds whitening is? That's a pella. Titania, God says Rishon, Rishon Tzvoi. If you shear the first sheep and you dye it, Rishon, Rishon Tzvoi, or the first sheep, and then you spin it, Rishon, Rishon Vargoi, or if you shear the first sheep and you 
weave it together, all of these are shinuyim. So according to this Tana, uh, dyeing or spinning or weaving is considered shinu. the quotes the name of Shimon, Savoy dyeing is not is mitzdarif. It's not a shinoi. So dyeing is not a shinoi, but but whitening is. Dyeing is a bigger change. If you have a wool and you wash it and you clean it and it goes back to its perfect white, that Rishimin says is a change. But ble- but but dyeing it blue is not a change. That's the opposite of what I would expect. Um, Rabbi Kasha. The answer is it's a contradiction of Shimon. So you know what the answer is two Tanoim who quote Rav Shimon differently. Harabona Shimon. One opinion is the rabbis quoting Rav Shimon. Harav Shimon ben Yehuda Shimon. And then there's Rav Shimon ben Yehuda according to Rav Shimon. So it's as to what Rav Shimon says. Rav Amar an alternative. Really, everyone agrees of what Rav Shimon says that dying is not a shinoi, but whitening is. And you say, well, that's unlikely. The answer is Shani when you dye wool, you could undo the dye by putting in detergent, and that'll get the dye off. But whitening is not reversible. Once you whiten it once, that's it. You can never go from unprocessed to processed. That's an irreversible change. Dyeing is reversible. So you're telling me that dyeing is not considered a change because it's uh, it's reversible. I there's another brisa, there's another mishnah in Chulin that says that dyeing. Is uh, is a shinoi? So you have another contradiction: is dying a shinoi or not? That's talking about with uh, indigo, which is irreversible. So when it comes to reversible changes uh, like dying, then it's not a shinoi. But whitening or dying with a permanent uh, material, which is irreversible, that is considered a shinoi. All right, we'll stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow.